Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Early studies find the pandemic hit caregivers hard. So an April study in the gerontologist compared around 600 family caregivers to 3,000 non-caregivers and found that the caregivers reported higher rates of anxiety, depression, and sleep deprivation. Caregivers also said they were more socially isolated and had more concerns about finances across socioeconomic statuses. The women, young people, and low-income caregivers reported the worst symptoms overall. So pandemic well-being also seemed to be affected by the type of care. Caregivers treating people with cognitive disabilities and behavioral and emotional problems seem to report a more negative experience as well. Another study conducted by Harvard sociologists differentiated between long and short-term caregivers. According to the study, all caregivers reported more anxiety and fatigue than the population at large, but long-term caregivers tended to report physical symptoms like headaches. Pandemic shutdowns also created difficulties for caregivers in accessing support and care for these issues. And as COVID patients took priorities in hospitals, support groups ended up moving online. Now, according to the New York Times, further studies are needed to determine if any of these issues waned as the pandemic went on, but there's also a chance that the duration could have exacerbated these issues. Two Biden administration proposals geared to go through the Senate could help provide relief for some caregivers. The American Jobs Plan would provide money to increase access to home care through Medicaid and increase the wages for home care workers. According to the Times, however, This may not be helpful to seniors who aren't Medicaid eligible. The American Families Plan hopes to establish federal paid family and medical leave, eventually providing 12 weeks of paid leave. Dogs could sniff out COVID. Listen, how would you react if you go to get tested for coronavirus and find that your test doesn't actually involve a swab? but a cute and furry dog. Researchers say that this could be a possibility as dogs have the ability to tell if a person is infected with coronavirus, even if they are asymptomatic because of their incredible sense of smell. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, dogs can do this because they have more than 300 million scent receptors and can detect compounds that the human body releases in secretions, like sweat and saliva especially as it reacts to coronavirus. Now, comparatively, humans have a modest 5 million scent receptors. Now, what these dogs are being trained to do is actually not new. They have long been trained to detect odors associated with drugs or explosives and have also been used to identify diseases such as cancer, malaria, and diabetes. However, according to one of the first researchers to evaluate the potential for dogs 
to sniff out COVID, this is the first time that dogs are able to detect a viral disease in humans. Now, the investigation to determine if it would be a viable option to use dogs as COVID testers is well underway. And in fact, in a report by the World Health Organization, one dog can screen 250 to 300 people per day at a fraction of the cost of nasal swabs. But listen, don't get too excited just yet because experts say more research is needed to answer some of the unresolved questions, like whether dogs can be confused by other viruses or by vaccines. While you won't see any COVID testing dogs at your next doctor's appointment anytime soon, that time may be coming sooner than later. And let's hope for that because it would be great to see dogs being used to test for coronavirus. How awesome is that? Definitely, definitely a silver lining in the COVID-19 story. Birth control and the Johnson Johnson vaccine. Now, a while back, the FDA paused the use of the Johnson Johnson vaccine because six women under 50 experienced very rare blood clots. In order to reassure women, scientists and medical professionals compared it to birth control, explaining that the clots with the pill are more common. This, however, sparked some anger and frustration about not having safer birth control alternatives. People took to social media stating that there was no concern about putting girls as young as 14 on birth control and that if it was made for men, it would taste like bacon and be free. However, these complaints were invalidated and dismissed. And also, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat bacon. So Dr. E. Feinberg, a reproductive endocrinologist and infertility specialist from Northeastern University stated, they should be angry. Women's health just does not get equal attention. And there's a huge sex bias in all of medicine. And I'll tell you what, I 100% agree. But birth control is not all that bad. It does provide more safety than harm. It increases the reproductive autonomy of many women. Unfortunately, where many providers fail is having conversations with their patients about the risks and symptoms and failing to make associations between medical issues and their own birth control. For so long, the financial and health-related burden has been put on women, and it has become an expectation that contraceptive use is a woman's job. I'm just saying this, but perhaps it is time to find more ways for men to participate, whether it is through male pill or other means. Maryland program holds barbershop vaccine drive. So now that more than 10 years ago, a University of Maryland health professor founded an initiative called Health Advocates in Reach and Research, HAIR for short. And this program trains barbers and stylists to be health educators. Because according to the Washington Post, the focus of hair at its inception was on diseases that disproportionately affect Black Americans, like colon cancer and diabetes, in an attempt to increase accessibility to necessary health information. As the COVID vaccination rate amongst Black and Brown communities began to slow down, the program pivoted to arm its participants with information about COVID-19 in order to overcome hesitancy. In one Maryland county with a low vaccination rate, Hare and the University of Maryland even facilitated a vaccine clinic inside a barbershop. 
the team developed a list of about 100 people who hadn't got the vaccination yet and met in person with those on the list who were reluctant to get the vaccine to address their concern. Now, although only 35 on the list were actually vaccinated, the barbershop drive generated interest in the vaccine, and some residents contacted the organizers asking when more spots would be available. At the drive, those who got the shot were also able to get free food and a voucher for a haircut. So according to the Post, the Biden administration hopes to utilize the Maryland Initiative as a national model in early June. The White House COVID-19 response team worked with the university to hold a town hall with barbers and stylists across the nation in hopes of expanding the program. And as a matter of fact, not only is that program happening in Maryland, but here in New Orleans, we're doing the same thing too. So yay, New Orleans, yay, Maryland, and yay, any other community that's doing this program as well. Kudos to all of y'all. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home, and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.